paradise and put up a fucking lie. You are listening to The Real Movies Podcast, a podcast about documentaries. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, the format here is we just pick a documentary and every week we just kind of talk about it, talk about what we like, what we didn't like. My name is Rob Carmack. I'm sitting here with John Rhodes. How's everybody out there? The documentary we've chosen this week is 2010's The Parking Lot Movie. Whenever somebody asks me, what do you do? I mean, my first inclination is to laugh, <laughs> you know? No one's parents look down at the crib of their newborn child and says, God, I wish my son or daughter grows up to be a parking lot attendant. This wasn't just a job. This is a holy mission. We are going to park the car. We will park them on the beaches. We will park them on the hillsides. We will park them until there are none to be parked. And so I'm trying to slam his head into the steering wheel. That was the moment when I realized that maybe I had to adopt a different approach. The parking lot movie is is very very well titled. Uh, it is simply a movie about a parking lot. It is an accurate title. Yes, <laughs> yes absolutely. And um, I I think that on first impressions you sit back and say, why would I ever want to watch a movie about a parking lot? And I think that's one of the beauties of this movie is that you take something that is so boring as a parking lot and you make an hour and a half film about it that keeps your attention and it really tells you an interesting story and connects to you emotionally. Yeah, I, w- I was really skeptical. Like when you said, let's do the parking lot movie, I thought, you've got to be kidding. You're going to make me watch an hour and a half long movie about a parking lot. Based on its title, it's about a parking lot. Yes, and, and based on the content, it's still about a parking lot. It is. Most of the movie does take place right there on this concrete slab. But I think the beauty of the movie is the kind of crazy group of of people that work there at the parking lot and uh there's this parking lot is on is right off the campus of the university of virginia it's on the main drag and it is owned by a guy named chris farina and he put together this group of, of you know crazy ragtag bunch they run a, a pay parking lot for all of the college students and people that kind of hit that main strip. It's an interesting look at a service-oriented job done by people who are probably, most of them are probably overqualified to work at a service job like that. However, they enjoy it and they love it. It becomes your, it becomes your life. So work at a parking lot. Sam's got that blue Dodge. It's not a Saab, it looks like a Saab. Green VW Golf, green Mazda 626 maybe. Green Subaru Legacy. This is my job. This is how I make my money, you know? I don't know what you do for a living, but I mean, you owe me $9 right now. It's more than a parking lot there. The way it's set up, like you're not just taking money, like you're in some sort of battle with humanity or something. It is much, much harder to get hired on at this parking lot than one would think. Yeah, I, I was, that was surprised me too. Like one of the guys said that people will ask him, well, how do you get hired at the parking lot? And his answer is, you can't. You can't. Like this, this, yeah. you got to know somebody, you got to be, and they went through everybody that works there and they're all good friends with somebody who's good friends with Chris. Absolutely, yeah. And and there's a couple of kind of linchpins that, that they're the ones that connect about five people and then somebody else connected these three people. And, but then they all end up 
being friends with each other. Yeah. What was your first impression of the movie? It, it took me a little while, and we'll talk about this when we get into ratings, um, but it took me a little while to get into the movie itself. And, and the reason is because the movie is paced intentionally, I imagine, in, in, in a very similar way to what it must feel like to work in a parking lot. Because you have very low kind of points where there's not even talking. There's like really subtle instrumental music and they just show you lots of series of images, people pulling in and out of their parking lots. And you feel like you almost get hypnotized by nothing happening. And then all of a sudden, they'll go back to telling you like this little sub-narrative, and then they'll go back to the subtleness. And so, for a little while, I kept thinking, this is a little bit boring, because because they're, it's up and down. But right. I realized that's because they're, they're trying to make they're you realize what it feels lot. like to work in a parking lot. Yeah. So, my first impression was, it took me a little while to get into it. But then, I, it, the more I watched it, it began to remind me a little bit of the Kevin Smith movie, Clerks. Have you seen Clerks? Yes, yes. And because and if you haven't seen Clerks, it's the whole movie takes place in this convenience store in New Jersey. It's black and white. It's it's not a documentary, but basically you you have these two characters who just sit around in this convenience store and gripe about their lives and gripe about their customers, and that's the whole movie, and it's brilliant. Yeah. And so to me, this was the documentary version of Clerks. Yeah, and you know, for most people who've ever worked in some kind of a service industry, there are definitely those times where it's just slow. Yeah, and there's nothing happening, and if you're in a store or you're in somewhere, there's just no customers, and then all of a sudden there's a flood of customers, and there's a bunch of things happening, and and all of a sudden you have to kind of panic and do a bunch of things at once, but then it turns around and there's nothing else to do after that's done. You know, I think that it is a good kind of contrast. Uh, well, it, it is something that I think a lot of people can relate to who have been not parking lot attendants because I don't think that everybody's you know been a parking lot attendant but anybody that has worked in a place that kind of has those those rushes and then those just lulls of time it's it is something that's very relatable and you've worked in we, we, we talked about this yeah. before we started recording but you've worked in a service job yes uh, I actually worked at PetSmart right after I got out of of college that was a job that there were some times where it was fun and I love animals, and so you got to kind of see a lot of dogs, and, and sometimes people would bring in weird animals. You know, not weird, weird, but like somebody bring in a ferret or a sugar glider or something like that. And then there's times where it's just so boring because nobody's there. I mean, not a lot of people go rush off to, you know, shop at PetSmart at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. Like, so you're just standing there and forced to play with dog toys. <laughs> and then and then there is the time where, you know, I, I had to kind of take notice of me and who I am in my life when when I'm I'm a recent graduate of Baylor University and I am sitting on aisle five cleaning up dog poop and urine. I'm thinking, I just spent eighty thousand dollars on a college education to do this. <laughs> And that was kind of a self-realization for me to say, all right, uh, my goal is to not work at PetSmart for my my career. Luckily, I was able to actually get a job within about three months of working there that I could, I could move out of that industry. But I definitely made a soft spot in my heart for how I treat people that work in service industry. And do I take do I take for granted 
this person that works there because I don't know them. I don't know anything about them. I don't know who they are. You know, they're probably wonderful people and they have different things going on in their life and they are not, they are not their job, you know? And so I think that this is a, an incredible movie to show you are not your job. Um, I mean, these people are, are brilliant. They're some PhD students and some college grads and they have goals and aspirations, but for the time being, they'll take your toll and, you know, park your car. That, that was one of the great values because, and, and what you, you said, you are not your job, but also the person who's bringing you your food, that they're not their job either. Exactly. And so, and I get so, one of my greatest pet peeves in this whole world is when I go out to eat with somebody and that person is belligerent and rude to a waiter. Or or will yeah. or will be somewhere and somebody is just doing their job and then all of a sudden one of the people I'm with begins to be rude or, or to just quite frankly just be a complete jerk just just because they feel entitled to have service done a certain way or to be treated a certain way or be given something and and I love several times in the movie when they would talk about rude customers they would use the word entitled and yes. that is exactly what people are like when when people go out and they're they're awful to other people it's because they feel entitled to a certain type of treatment or to park for free or whatever and they begin to treat other people not as people but as atm machines or as service instruments yes and and there's also times where i think these guys have to deal with this too they don't set the they don't set the the price of the parking lot i mean they don't own the Chris Farina owns this parking lot, but his employees they they follow the rules. Yeah. They do what they need to do. If you want to come park, you come park. There is a clear sign that says what it is. And I think that sometimes people feel like, well, that doesn't mean for me. Or they take their anger on they take their anger out for something else on whoever it is in the service industry. I was in an airport one time and we were catching a flight and it had been delayed about three hours due to several things going wrong with the plane, there was a guy who started just yelling at the lady who was at the ticket counter. I mean, I've never been more mad at a customer, and he put on this big show, and I happened to be there with kids, so I couldn't really tell him exactly what I thought of him. (laughs) Um, He, at one point, took his ticket and threw it in the trash to try to make a statement. And I was walking over there. I was going to pick his ticket up and tear it up. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, dude. That's uh, public property now that's in the trash. But he he picked it back up out of the trash. But, man, I've never wanted to, like, get somebody kicked off the plane by, like, telling people he has a bomb or anything more than this guy. (laughs) I really wanted him off the plane. And then... It just so happened, as we board the plane, he's the first one on, sitting in first class. That made me kind of kind of understand, oh, this guy's probably like this in all of life. Yeah. Um, not to say that all first class, class passengers are, are jerks, but this, this guy sure was. And I think these guys have that same mentality about rich, entitled people who treat them, you know, like crap. Well, and you, and you see, and you you see that when they start describing the kinds of people who describe certain or who drive certain kinds of cars. Yes. And we talked about this earlier, also that you'll they'll see someone driving like a Ford Explorer, or a Prius, or whatever, and they'll start constructing this entire narrative, yeah. this entire make believe narrative about this person's life because it helps them make sense of who this person is. Right, and they you know they start to remember people who are they start to remember cars and people who are nice and people who 
can and cannot park. I think that's kind of funny that they they judge these people by how good or bad parkers they are. And I will say they would probably hate me. I was gonna um, me too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I drive a truck, and not only that, sometimes I don't park straight. <laughs> if they saw me coming with this huge car and it's parked crooked, they would probably hate me or key my car or something. I mean, it was funny because in one scene, you see this guy and he's trying to direct traffic and he has no qualms about walking up on top of one guy's car yeah. just to like direct where the traffic is going. And I'm thinking, I bet that person would be so angry if they knew he had just walked on top of their car. <laughs> I mean, and they do kind of get back at the customer. I mean, you do see them get a little bit of vengeance. There's the guy that had the honk rule that said, if you honk while somebody else is trying to pay their toll, then that just costs you a dollar. (laughs) Like, he's going to charge you a dollar. And they have no equipment. I mean, these guys are sitting there, and you give them their, their, your ticket, and they look at their watch, and they give you a price. Yeah. And sometimes the price is 40 cents, and sometimes the price is $3, and it might be you parked the same amount of time yesterday and got 40 cents, and today you got $3, and that might just be because of your attitude. If you were nice to them the day before, <laughs> they charged you 40 cents. But if you're mean to them today, they charged you $3. Well, and that one guy, <laughs> this is a quote right out of the movie. He says, I did not overcharge people to get more money. I overcharged people because they deserved it. <laughs> and then he says, vengeance is mine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, it's just so, it's just so interesting to see kind of their way of getting back at the world. Yes. You got charged a dollar fifty more because you were a jerk. Well, in the song, at the end of the movie, they're over the credits, there's a song that they play that the, the <laughs> I guess the parking lot attendants wrote and performed, and the, the refrain of the song is God will hand us the sword of justice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are several times on here where you really do kind of feel for these guys. They have this gate. And it keeps people coming in and out of the parking lot. They say on a, on a normal Friday, Saturday night, almost every Friday night, every Saturday night, a drunk college student will snap the gate at least once. One night is a slow yes. night. Or one, yeah, one, one time. time is a slow night. Two is normal. And three is just a really bad night. Dude, <laughs> in the scene where they show the security footage of that drunk college student breaking the gate, I got so <laughs> mad. And of course, of course this guy is a, I assume, a University of Virginia student. He's exactly the kind of college jerk. In, yeah, insert the word you want to insert. And he's got he's got the backwards white cap, he's wearing the khaki shorts, the pink polo with the popped up collar, yes. and the flip flops. And I just man, I just wanna slap him so hard. He could not have fit the stereotype more. And he's just sitting there pulling on the gate, pulling on the gate till it finally snaps. And you know, I mean, these guys, they try to run after them and they try to to catch them. The cop says that they give them options. They can pay them what thirty? It's like thirty-five dollars on the spot, which isn't bad no, to me. I mean, that yeah. seems like a, a bargain to pay for the gate. Thirty-five dollars on the spot to pay for the gate, or they can go to jail. He said the cop says ninety-nine percent of them just pay the the thirty-five dollars right there. I think that's the only time that the parking lot attendant said if you're on duty and somebody snaps the gate, you get to keep that money. Nice, like. Yeah. 
Like, they don't have to give that money to Chris. Like, they have to buy the new gate, but they don't have to... Like, and the gate... Okay, granted, the gate is a is a 2x4 that slides into this contraption. So, they're just buying one 2x4, which is not $35 yeah. per 2x4. It's the, I had to hassle with you kind of fee. Well, and not only that, for the rest of the night, if they don't put, get the gate fixed, they're going to have people driving out, which yes. which they showed us. The, in fact, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when the person, like, stops at the gate and doesn't roll down their window, and the guy starts trying to, like, tell them the price, and apparently the driver just realized there's no gate, and they start to drive <laughs> off, and the guy starts beating on the car. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the characters named uh, John Linneman, he tells the story about how he knew his life was headed in kind of a, a weird direction when he found himself hanging halfway out some guy's Eddie Bauer Explorer <laughs> trying to slam his face into his own steering wheel <laughs> while he's almost dislocating his shoulder as the guy's driving off down the road. Like, he's being dragged by this car trying to smash his face into the steering wheel. For a $2 toll. I was going to say, this is for maybe yes. $2, maybe, maybe just 40 cents. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and sometimes it's, you know, $12 if it's the whole day or $5 if it's the whole night. But but he is like, it was for a $2 fee that I was trying <laughs> to smash this guy's face into his own steering wheel as I almost got my arm dislocated out, out his window. Well, and that's why it's not about the money. It's about justice. Yes, it is about the <laughs> principle. You you will follow the rules of this parking lot. Yes, and and another guy talks about how he run how he ran after uh, a car that didn't pay and chunked a wrench and just exploded the guy's <laughs> rearview mirror. <laughs> and you know I think that's that's really funny to me to think somebody didn't want to pay uh, you know the the two dollars and instead they just got their their entire rearview mirror. Um, or side mirror exploded by a wrench. Yeah. Like, they probably were not expecting a wrench to fly by their, their car and just blow up their side view mirror. Well, I can't believe people are so... Like, is, is your integrity really worth 40 cents? Like, do you right. really... Is it really that hard to pay to park in a lot that you knew you were going to have to pay to park in when you got there? That's ridiculous. I got so... I mean, I, I found myself emotionally getting angry... On behalf of these poor parking lot attendants. Not because I liked any of them necessarily, but because, again, just like these guys, it's about justice. I hate to see justice not be served. So I, lo- I love the story about the wrench breaking yes. the mirror. <laughs> I was also kind of proud of these guys because they show this one interaction where this car pulls up and he tells her, hey, it's it's $1.50 or whatever. And she's like, oh, I don't have any money and it's two girls in a car. And you can tell... That this girl is trying to flirt her way out of this toll yeah. and or this this payment, and he just looks at her and goes, "Well, does your friend have money?" <laughs> and like he's not he is not affected by her flirting at all. He doesn't give in to this girl kind of batting her eyes and trying to get something for free by using you know her looks or whatever. And he's like, "Yeah, well, does your friend have money?" And the friend was like taken aback because you know it's not her car; she didn't park there. It's not her responsibility. <laughs> but now she's being asked for this dollar fifty. I mean, I think that you know these guys. You know, I'm sure that they've probably let pretty girls park for free before, but this guy was just kind of like, no, I, I want the money. I don't want you to smile and, and 
make eyes at me. I want you to just pay what you owe me. It's because, and I, I promise you, it's because this guy has gotten un- unfairly treated so that some <laughs> other pretty girl, because she flirted her way to the front of the line somewhere. Yeah, like, I, I was having something installed in my car one time at Circuit City, and these these two girls pulled in an hour after I got there to have the exact same thing done to their car. They got out of there two hours before I did. I was so mad. <laughs> and and so in that moment, I was like, yeah, you charge them that dollar fifty. Yes. <laughs> I think that it's also kind of fun to watch them. I mean, they're going to get bored at this parking lot, working <coughs> there eight hours a day, not really doing a whole lot. And so they have to make their own entertainment. And one of the funniest things that I think they do is they make kind of a, they have this shack that they sit in. And the shack has a window. It has no air conditioning. It is probably four feet by four feet. I mean, it is tiny. It is a box. It's a tall bit. And Yes, absolutely. They create this other kind of front to it out of cardboard. They have all these cardboard boxes. And it's, you know, about the size of a refrigerator box. They cut a window in that. And so the first guy pulls up to this cardboard window. There's two people working and so it looks like back-to-back windows, and they are literally two feet from each other. And so the car pulls up to the first guy, and he goes, no, I'm closed. you got to go to the second window. <laughs> and, you know, it's just stupid things like that where they're messing with the customers. And so, granted, I could probably see where some of the customers are like, you're a jerk. Yeah. But, you know, these guys have to entertain themselves at this parking lot. Well, they work in a freaking parking lot. Like, give them, <laughs> yes. give them a break. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of this carefree, easy, um, easygoing, kind of hang out and chill attitude is what makes this parking lot so much more fun. Yeah. And what makes this movie fun is these group of guys, they are not... The customer is always right is not in their business model. That, that's a quote. That there, there, I pulled another quote out of the movie that I just I, I really latched onto it, and it was usually the customer is always right. At the parking lot, the customer's only sometimes right, and even then, it's still a judgment call. Yes. <laughs> still a judgment call. Yeah, <laughs> they're right when I say they're right. Yes. <laughs> One of the things that that you do see, because, I mean, this takes interviews from all kinds of parking lot attendants. Some have been working there a couple of years. Some have been working there a year. Some of them work there for seven, eight, nine years. All of them kind of say there is a point where you have to kind of, you have to get away. You have to stop doing this. When you are getting so angry at people for just being you know, rude and all of this kind of stuff. It's not, you can kind of put up with it for so long, but then there's a time where it it almost makes you start hating people. Yes. Just in general. You know, I would recommend, that's probably good advice to anybody. Anytime you're doing a job that, that makes you hate people, you should probably find a new job. Which, that's difficult, because I would imagine every job offers those opportunities (laughs) at many, many turns. Let's talk positive. So, um, what would you say are, are the great benefits of this movie? What, what does it contribute? It offers a voice to the people who work in the service industry to say, I as a person am not my job. If you think my job is worthless, if you think my job is is meaningless, I as a person am not the job that I do. 
this is something that I do to get paid for. It's something that is necessary. It's something that, uh, you know, I can separate who I am as a person from this actual job. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. In, in fact, I really, and we've talked about this a lot already, which I think is the overall tone of the movie, that it really confronts our attitudes as consumers towards people in any sort of service job. The, the, and, and that, to me, is, is the benefit of any movie like this, documentary or otherwise. It's, it's the benefit of Clerks. It's the benefit of, uh, there's a movie that I really like called Empire Records. Any, any kind of story or narrative that helps me remember and helps, I think, the people in general remember that the person you're interacting with, maybe it's not their dream in life to work in a parking lot. And you can cut them some slack because they're they're a human being too. They had to get up from work. They have issues. They have parents. They have worries. They have concerns. So let's all let's all just cut each other a little break when we're at work. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's the really nice thing that this movie says. And and it it feels to me like that was that's what the filmmaker wanted to do. He wanted to say, let's take the most menial looking job, the job that most people people are most likely to abuse on a regular basis, and let's humanize it a little bit. And let's let's remind people that just because someone works in a parking lot doesn't mean that's the sum total of who they are. Yeah. What were your negatives? What did you not like about the movie? The negatives, I, I really, and I've mentioned the pacing before, there's really no momentum or sense of story here at all. It's really just a, several little 20-minute vignettes about certain elements of what it means to work in a parking lot. And some of those vignettes are really interesting, and some of them aren't as interesting. I, obviously, the ones that were more interesting were the ones that had a lot more conflict. Like when they started talking, showing people like driving off without paying. That's yeah. really, yeah. that's good television. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll, I'll watch that. But there were other parts where I just kind of got a little bit bored. But I understand that maybe maybe that was part of the experience. Maybe part of the experience is you want to feel like you're kind of just sitting there. But at the same time, I'd rather a movie didn't make me feel that yeah. way. Yeah. And, and I, again, I realize it was probably an artistic choice on the part of the filmmakers, but it just wasn't for me. It, ma it makes it difficult to stay engaged when every so often there's like a two-minute lull of no talking and just sort of images and pictures of parking stubs and signs and people walking. Yeah, and I think that the conclusion of the movie was something that I felt was lacked a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, there needed to be some kind of... I, I like my stories wrapped up with a nice, solid conclusion. And, and, and a lot of this kind of concludes with, well, that's the parking lot, kind of. I mean, you're just left with, okay, we've shown you all the people that work here. And yeah, they do tell you kind of a where are they now situation, which is, it, it gives you a little bit deeper into it. But I mean, maybe that is, it, that's what separates it as a documentary more than, than a movie is there's, life just goes on. That is life. It just keeps being mundane for a lot of people. When telling a story, I like something to be kind of wrapped up in a nice little package at the end. And I thought that there were some loose ends with questions about characters that they've introduced to us and maybe the goals of these people. If, if the goal is to say, I am more than my job, show me where you are going to become more or how you're going to become more or what your plans are to become more. And I know that they do give just kind of this little, you know, they say this person is the senior librarian at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. And that's great, but give me a little bit more of that. Maybe give me how that how the parking lot affected your your choices after 
working at the parking lot. How did, how did it make you yes. into a more insightful human being or yes. whatever? Because you're right. It was almost like this little coda epilogue moment over the credits of this person now works at the, yeah. you know, the Met or whatever. And which almost, that almost felt to me like the filmmaker saying, see, these guys really did have potential. They weren't just suffering from delusions right. of grandeur. They really were going somewhere. Yes. And, and I mean, I believe that. And I think that a lot of these guys, you know, had huge potential, but I could have done a little, you could have done a little bit more with their story post parking lot to say, Thanks, parking lot. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for being there for me during that one part of my life. Yeah. You well, know? and and in that same vein, we really we didn't really connect with any of these characters so much so that when we got here, neither of us could remember a, a single, single name. character's yeah. name. Like yeah. after, after watching it for an hour and a half, I, I don't remember one person's name in this movie other right. than Chris Farina, who owns the parking lot. Right. Which we had to look up. Yeah, I mean, I had to look up all of these guys. <laughs> so, there's there's a lot of like kind of crazy looking characters, and you would remember if you saw them on the street, you'd probably be like, I think you look familiar. They are car- there's some that are cartoonish. There's one guy that looks eerily like Weird Al. Yes, he does. Um, yeah, they're they're fairly forgettable. They're fairly forgettable. Yeah, it wasn't like because and we talked a lot about in Darkon in the, in the first episode of this podcast. We talked about how it was almost like. It was a constructed, fictionalized version of this documentary because mm-hmm. there was such a clear story arc in that movie. Yes. The parking lot movie is exactly the opposite of that. There is no character arc whatsoever. There, there's really no motion. It's, it's really, it's all just like, like we said, just little subtle vignettes that about like different elements of what it feels like to work. Really, it's like the main character of the movie isn't any of these guys. It's the parking lot itself. Yes. What, what would you rate this movie? I, I'm gonna give it a five. Wow. Yeah, and and the reason the reason I'm I'm rating it a five, which is just sort of a it's a medium rating. I wouldn't watch it again. Probably it was interesting. There, were, like I said, there were certain parts that I really enjoyed. But any movie that is paced this way, it's just I I, I couldn't I couldn't stay with it. It didn't right. flow for me. That's partially why I'm giving it a five. Uh, it did get better as it went on because they the farther it went, the more they would introduce conflict, which naturally makes it more interesting. But yeah, I, I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna give it a five because. I, and again, I really liked the message of, you know, be careful about how you treat people in the service industry. But if I was going to watch a movie about that again, I'd probably be a lot quicker to go to Clerks or Empire yeah. Records than I would to the parking lot movie. Yeah. And I would probably give this movie um, a seven and a half. That's good. Um, That's strong. Yeah. I would give it a seven and a half because there is something that connected me to, you know, if when if I was in college and needed some kind of a job, this would be kind of a fun place to work. And like, there's something that spoke to me about that. There was something that spoke to me about, I could probably be friends with most of these guys, at least, you know, I mean, even though I don't remember them, I can be friends with the type of guys that these are. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, there, there was a little bit to be lacking at the end of the movie, but I really did, I really liked it. I mean, and it didn't bother me. The pacing didn't bother me as much as I think it bothered you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I thought seven and a half. That's a so. good rate. Well, and I do like, like, I like what you said about this is the kind of job I wouldn't mind having because, like we said, I like the idea of working in a service job where the customer isn't necessarily always <laughs> yes. right. Because like, I, when I worked at Six Flags or a Blockbuster Video, there's always this fear of what if people complain about me? Yeah. You know, what, what if somebody files some sort of report that I was rude or that I, I didn't treat them well just because they're mad about something else? And in this, there's no fear of that at all. No. Like, I'm going to overcharge you because <laughs> yes. the God will hand me the sword of justice. 
Yes. <laughs> you honked your horn, pay me an extra dollar. That's right. That'll be that'll be three, not two. Yes. And if you don't, I will take down your license plate, report you, and you will get a ticket. And, and then I'll throw I a can, wrench at your yes. car, and, and you can't do anything. And, and I will do that. <laughs> because you were the jerk. So, yeah, I mean, there is something that is endearing to me about about <laughs> that. That is appealing. About this movie. I get that. Well, any any final thoughts? Any Anything you want to sort of close this out with? Um, a, a shout-out to a couple of... Our new listeners. Oh, excellent. Dustin Alban, Scott Burchett, and David Johnson. They were my three roommates in college. So, um, <laughs> are, are they documentary lovers as well? Uh, David is. Um, Dustin really likes it, and Scott has told me, I've tried to listen to your podcast and get about 10 minutes in, and then I have to turn it off. So, thanks, Scott. Well, Scott's not, if, if he's only listening to 10 minutes, he, <laughs> yeah, he's true. not getting to this part. No. So, so somebody let Scott know that we're really offended by that. Yeah. Because he's not going to know. Yeah. He won't, he won't have ever heard this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see the Parking Lot movie streaming on Netflix, and I assume there are other places as well, but if it's streaming on Netflix, do you really need to find it anywhere else? Exactly. So, uh, our next documentary that we're going to talk about next week is... Hot Coffee. Yes, which was a recommendation by Dustin Alban. Okay, so. very exciting. Hot Coffee is a little harder to find than Parking Lot Movie. You'll, um, If you have an HBO, you can catch it on demand. or you, uh, it, It's in the rotation, so you can probably record it off of HBO. Or, John, how, how are you getting it? Um, I actually have Netflix both the streaming and the mail-in, and I'm getting it via mail-in for Netflix think you can also download it from you can rent it from like amazon oh good um, places like that itunes i think you can rent it okay from so if you wanted to pay for it um but as far as the other ways you kind of gotta you gotta go hunt for it okay I'd say. which you know if you're a docu- yeah. documentary level lover wow i'm having a hard time if you're a documentary yeah. lover not a bad thing to necessarily have to go looking for a documentary Absolutely. that's good so yes. um you can find john at his blog at don'tputmetosleep.blogspot.com and at Twitter at John Rhodes Scholar. And uh, we actually have a Twitter page for the Real Movies podcast. Oh, so yeah. if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Real Movies. And if you wanted to find us on Tumblr, we're at realmoviespodcast.tumblr.com. And, um, there was one other place. Oh, and you can email us at realmoviespodcast at gmail.com. We are, we are electronically set up for all kinds of communication. Yes. <laughs> well, you can find my blog at robcarmack.blogspot.com. I'm also on Twitter at Rob Carmack. I'm on another podcast called Around the Wicket, which is about sports and pop culture, and the odds are excellent that we're going to be end up talking about how Baylor got beat by Kentucky earlier this week. Yeah. So uh, you can tune into that if you're interested in Around the Wicket. So tune in next time. We'll be talking about hot coffee. John, we'll see you next time. See you next week. All right.